From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. The Department of Transportation is seeking changes to the right-of-way use by tour operators on DOT-managed roads. The city and borough of Juneau's city manager, Rory Watt, spoke to News of the North about what this could mean for the tourism industry. Had several tour operators reach out to us concerned or frustrated that DOT was planning on changing rules for how they can operate commercial tours on state roads. And for people who are in the tourism business, that potentially could be a big deal. We've reached out to DOT and we've asked them to explain to us in writing what the proposal is going to be, and they have not written to us yet. So we're going to have our eyes closely on this one, but I don't know exactly what it means yet. But I know that I do have a number of nervous tour operators who are looking forward to the upcoming summer. He says this could have serious impacts to business owners. The, the preliminary information I have is, is that DOT has told some tour operators that they won't be able to operate the way they have in the past. Essentially, they won't be able to do business and run tours like they have in the past. So to some of our small businesses, that could be really critical. Watts says the city and borough is working as quickly as possible to address the issue. Once we get detailed information from DOT, we'll sit down with them and we'll try to figure out what a reasonable solution to their issues is. The Juno Douglas Museum features different artists each month. This month, from January 6th, to the 27th, the exhibit Shifting Vantage Points is being featured with work by local artists Elizabeth Jurgalate and Christine Carpenter. The two artists find inspiration for their art when they travel, but during the global pandemic, that disrupted their travels, fueling their creativity by drawing inspiration from their home in southeast Alaska. Carpenter was on the KINY morning show of Capital Chat she first describes Jurgalate's creative process and art. Lizzie's doing these really interesting acrylic paintings that incorporate their untouched landscapes that she took inspiration from a kayak trip. And she's uh, superimposed or painted over top of them abstract architecture elements. And it's a, it's a, it's a uh, I guess, conversation about what landscapes would look like if we, they didn't remain untouched here in Southeast. Carpenter then provided an overview of her own work. And I took it in a completely different direction and I went out to Windfall Lake Cabin three times throughout the past year and just took my paints and pens and figured out what it would be like to capture a place while I was, a quiet place while I was also being quiet as opposed to listening to like the relentless noise of the pandemic, like the the news cycle, the, I mean, all the, th- all the Zoom calls, all of the, and, and I took all of that away and, and became inspired by place. And, and my show talks about seasonality and how a place changes over time, but also how it stays the same over time. The museum's hosting a reception today from 4 to 7 p.m. for the artists. Eagle Crest is open today after shutting down yesterday to give employees some time off after a busy holiday. Eagle Crest General Manager Dave Scanlon says it was a much-needed break for the staff. We're very excited to get Eagle Crest back up and running today. We've got some snow in the forecast. After a much-needed restful day for our staff, most of whom have worked 10 days straight, many of them doing long 10-hour days as we're short-staffed in a lot of departments, but everybody's been pulling together for a great holiday season. 
with the snow in the forecast, we're looking for another great weekend of conditions, especially on the upper mountain as we're going to have some colder temps. So come on up and uh, get your skiing in. Scanlon says the ski area will return to its regular schedule next week. We're going to be back into our regular schedule Wednesday through Sunday. The mountain will be open. We will be open for the Martin Luther King holiday on Martin Luther King Day on Monday. So keep that in mind as well as another extra day to get out on the mountain. At the end of the month, Sea Alaska's Native Youth Snow Sports Program will be hosted by Eagle Crest. Tonight at the Elizabeth Paratovich Hall, a celebration of the program will be held at 6 p.m. and allow kids to sign up for the Eagle Crest event. They'll be playing some uh, ski and snowboard videos from uh, some other indigenous communities uh, and a chance to get our native youth fitted up for some gear and get them familiar with the programming we have up at Eagle Crest. So it's going to be a, a great event. Uh, see Alaska, Clinkett Haida, all coming together, collaborating with our snow sports school. We couldn't be more thrilled about the opportunity. Planning is underway for the Juno Jazz and Classic to be held May 5th through the 13th. Here's Jazz Garrett with more. Sandy Fortier, the executive director, gave a background on the organization's mission. The so Juno Jazz and Classics has been around in Juno since 1987, and we were previously a music festival in May. And now we have two per year, May and October, and we bring professional musicians from all over the country into Juneau, and they stay for about a week, and they play concerts, and they go into the schools, and they play out in the community. And we just bring world-class music, and we try to bring it to as many people as we can in Juneau. These are the possible musician lineups. Our festival starts May 5th, and we just finished the lineup. We're we're finalizing contracts right now. Our finale is going to be Phil Wiggins. Uh, blues house party and he was supposed to come last may but he got sick and so we've got him coming and we're going to do a blues cruise then they'll do a blues dance and then we have a pianist named awadajan pratt who's been to juno before and he's going to come play with our artistic director will bailey who's a grammy award-winning cellist and then we're in talks with the indigenous big band julia keith indigenous big band and we're hoping that we can make that work and they'll come Fortier explains the inspiration behind her work and the Juno Jazz and Classics. Always the most excited about uh, getting an artist into every school. And I love going to the school uh, assemblies and seeing kids so excited and inspired because I used to be a teacher, a music teacher. So that's kind of why I took this job to get that going. And the concerts are amazing. I just love our education mission. And as far as the concerts, I love the Blue Cruise. It's so fun because we go out at uh, sunset, and there's music, world-class music, sunset, at least last year, and whales in the distance, and it, like it, you just can't beat that. 48 says donations are needed starting in March to get the musicians to Juno in October for their second music festival, and volunteers are always needed. We had that $25,000 at the end of 2022, which we did get. So that'll help us plan for May. Do another 
big donation campaign around March. Tons of volunteers during the festival because we have a concert or something every day. And so we need people to like take tickets, hand out programs. And then we also use people during the day to help set up the concert. So if people are interested in getting to know how a concert is put on, you can send an email easy. It's volunteer at jazzandclassics.org. If you just want to send an email, we'll get you on the list. Coming up on News of the North, a little more snow and then some warming over the weekend. The King Crab Personal Use Fishery is open. The harbor master says crabbers should be prepared for some choppy water. Mendenhall Glacier is seeking public comments on proposed improvements. And the National Park Service is proposing a rule that would prohibit bear baiting in national preserves in Alaska. That coming up on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. A little more snow is expected over the weekend, and temperatures should warm up. Here's National Weather Service meteorologist Rick Fritch. Temperatures after today uh, will be warming up a little bit, and I don't see much snow on the forecast at lower elevations for tonight or Saturday, although the uh, Eagle Crest may be a little bit lucky here and uh, get some more snow at elevation. Right now we've got, uh, for the rest of today, about another two inches in Eagle Crest. Tomorrow, as well as tonight, looking for about another inch or so for each of those periods. But down low, once it's over today, it's probably going to be uh, over for the foreseeable future for uh, at least through the early part of the weekend. The 2023 Juno Area Section 11A Winter Personal Use Red and Blue King Crab Season opened at noon on Thursday and it closes at noon on Sunday. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game Analysis of data from last year, Juno portion of the annual Red King Crab Survey, indicated sufficient stock abundance to allow for the Juno area personal use red and blue king crab fishery. A household permit is required to participate in the fishery and permits are available online. Residents are reminded that they must also be in possession of a valid 2023 sport fishing license if 18 years of age or older prior to harvesting personal use king crab. With the personal king crab fishery underway, boaters need to keep an eye on the weather. Juno Harbor Master Matthew Creswell advises crabbers to be prepared for choppy waters. So right now we're not looking at super bad weather. We're looking at going 20 to 25 knots out on Lynn Canal, be a little less in the inside uh, guarded waters. But we're uh, not looking for any super high winds, but it will be a bit choppy out there. And we're uh, really concerned with Everyone headed out for the recreational uh, personal use king crab fishery this weekend. So that's something for everybody to keep in mind that although not super high winds, it does look like we're going to have some gusty winds. He also reminds boaters that depending on your location, conditions can vary. Well, it just depends where you're at. If you get in a more open area where there's a lot more room for fetch, that's where you catch the higher waves. But uh, right in close to Juno right now is not looking too horrible. I'm looking at a uh, Lynn Canal right now for... Tomorrow and 25 knots out in Lynn Canal, gusting to 40 seas, five feet. So hopefully most of the folks crabbing aren't out that far and they're in the Alt Bay area, close to Malga Harbor and in the closer areas. So hopefully it's not too big of a deterrent for them. But we are starting to see a fair amount of activity, especially at the Statter Harbor launch ramp and out the road with uh, people looking to get out and get the clean crab. The National Park Service is proposing a rule that would prohibit beer baiting in national preserves in Alaska. A Park Service spokesperson said today that the agency is pursuing the new proposal due to legal and policy concerns around bear baiting. 
A federal judge in September found problems with a 2020 Trump-era rule that lifted restrictions previously in place on sport hunting and trapping in national preserves in Alaska, including beer baiting. But she did not set the rule aside and noted that the Park Service had indicated it was already in the process of reassessing the rule. The matter was sent back to the agency. Appeals in the case are pending. The U.S. Forest Service is offering another opportunity for public comment on improvements to Juno's Mendenhall Glacier Recreation Area. A supplemental draft environmental impact statement with three new alternatives for the Mendenhall Glacier Recreation Area Improvement Project was released this week, opening a 45-day comment period. The Tongass National Forest received nearly 400 public comments during a draft environmental impact statement comment period last year. Based on that input, the agency developed additional action alternatives for consideration. Juno District Ranger Tristan Fluharty has been a point man in the process. He says much improvement is needed to accommodate the growing visitor numbers at the recreation area at Mendenhall Glacier, which receives around 700,000 visits each year. Well, part of our NEPA, our NEPA process, um, we, we have, uh, we've had an, a proposed action, and then we had a, a draft environmental impact statement that had the proposed action and three uh, or two uh, additional alternatives. And based on public comments that we received, uh, we decided to come out with a supplemental draft and add three more alternatives to that. Fluharty says there's been a few issues that have highlighted the need for improvements. The big issue that we've had out, well, there's a few issues we've had out the visitor center. Uh, One is, I mean, just uh, a lack of uh, restroom facilities, uh, overcrowding, um, the amount of space available for um, buses and uh, basically people transporters uh, to be able to load and unload. Um, And it's just, uh, it's been a challenge to try to manage that, uh, the recreation use out at the visitor center based on the limitations of our facilities. So being able to improve those facilities, be able to improve the experience uh, for our visitors, uh, both local and tourist. The proposed changes are intended to accommodate residents and visitors arriving independently and through commercially guided tours to a new welcome center and expanded parking. I mean, in addition to the parking lots, we're, we're also looking at a, a welcome center uh, close to where buses uh, would load and unload. That would provide bathrooms kind of a wayfinding uh, type of uh, center uh, so that people could figure out where they wanted to go and also um, provide more uh, space for people to get in out of the rain. There's also a proposal for motorized boat tours operating commercially. Currently, there are non-motorized boat tours using canoes and rafts. Fluharty says this is an alternative for tourist activity on Mendenhall Lake that will be reviewed. To look at the impacts and the what it would take or uh, what would be involved with uh, putting uh, motorized boats to get people um, from the visitor center across the lake to be able to uh, get up near the uh, the glacier especially as it starts to retreat comments on the supplemental draft environmental impact statement can be submitted in several ways during the january 6 to february 21st public comment period in the mendenhall glacier visitor center will host a public meeting and offer a webinar to provide details and answer questions on the supplemental draft environmental impact statement and the project. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.